On Saturday, I put on a mask and went to check out a one-day-only vaccination site for seniors. So this pop-up vaccination site is in a big um, basketball gym in a community center in Brooklyn. There's a couple basketball hoops. There's um, some sort of office chairs that are socially distanced where people sit and wait. And then there's a small area in the back where people are getting vaccinated. Just about everyone there was a person of color and over the age of 60. Though I kept telling them that they didn't look a day over 40. Do you mind if I ask your age? 83. No kidding. I would have thought that you were just under the maybe, you know, 45. Oh, get away here. Get away, get away. Go, go, go. (laughs) This is Betty Mitchell, a black woman who was there with her husband. For them, vaccination day was a long time coming. How long have you been trying to get an appointment? Two months. What has that effort been like? Oh, you're supposed to get callbacks. You never got callbacks. Or if they did call back, you got to wait because we are out of the um, vaccine. So that's how long. It's been two months. How frustrating did that process feel? Bad. Really bad. Betty was just one senior who I talked with who'd been waiting a long time for an appointment. One woman told me that she'd been calling and calling, but the only places she could get an appointment for, she needed a car, which she didn't have. Another woman said that she didn't want to have to stand in line for hours to get a shot. A few of the seniors I talked with expressed a bit of uncertainty about the vaccine, but in the end, most of them, like 70-year-old Liz Ferdinand, were mainly just... Happy in a way. Happy, 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 happy. And I could be, you know, go and visit my um, grandson down south, you know. So that's why, you know, I'm happy in a way. One of the organizers of the event, Shaquana Boykin, shared in that emotion. How does it feel to see people get vaccinated and know that you were a part of it? Honestly, like, my heart is singing just to see, like, people showing up on time and ready. Um, Yeah, it just feels great. About 150 people were vaccinated at the event. And what struck me was how, even though many of these seniors have been eligible for months, if it wasn't for this pop-up event, most of them still probably wouldn't be vaccinated. The challenge of vaccinating seniors isn't just in New York City. It's like this across the country. In Florida tonight, Americans' seniors waiting in lines overnight to get vaccinated. Their phone system collapsed. They had more than 100,000 phone calls, 30,000 emails of people trying to arrange appointments. Karen Watson Gigeo called a taxi to make her appointment at this drive through vaccine clinic. Some folks say it took them weeks to get an appointment, even though seniors are the priority vaccination group. And according to health workers, in this scramble to get vaccines, there's two groups being left behind. Elderly, Black, and Latino people. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, March 15th. Coming up on the show, why older Black and Latino people are having a harder time getting the vaccine. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. 
Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Our colleague, Daniela Hernandez, is our digital science editor. She's been looking at vaccination rates across the country. As one of my sources said, it's a double whammy for Black and Latino elderly. Black, Latino, other communities of color have been affected disproportionately by COVID-19. Blacks and Latinos have higher rates of hospitalization and higher rates of death, and so they're particularly vulnerable. We also know that seniors are particularly at risk, and then on top of that, they're not getting vaccinated in the same rate as their white counterparts, and so the risk adds up, basically. Only two states are reporting vaccination rates by both age and race, South Carolina and Washington state. And data from those states shows that older white adults are being vaccinated at higher rates than older Black and Latino adults. And Daniela says there are many reasons why. I started talking to health advocates who work in minority communities. And they said that the problem that they were seeing in the people that they were helping was a real access problem. As one of my sources said, we've been suffering to get the vaccine here. People didn't know how to make appointments. There were language barriers. There were transportation barriers. And these were all things that they had already seen when it came to testing. And they were seeing basically a replay, a sequel to that play out when it came to vaccines. Community healthcare workers are trying to help even the playing field. Daniela talked with one community organizer based in California who's been doing a lot of work convincing people that the vaccine is safe. Jorge Mendoza works in Gilroy with an advocacy group. They work with elderly, low-income people in the community. Gilroy is an agricultural town in Northern California. They're known for garlic. They grow a lot of garlic. Jorge Mendoza goes door-to-door around Gilroy, offering to sign up elderly people for vaccine appointments. And when he talks to people, they often have many questions for him. There's fears that the the government will track them or that the vaccine is going to give them like health problems that they can't afford to pay for or that, you know, it's a conspiracy to like call the population. Hmm. Those were some of the things that make people hesitant, especially like the effects on their health. You have to remember that workers who work in agriculture oftentimes like don't make a lot of money. There isn't paid sick leave. So the prospect that you might get sick from the vaccine has real economic implications. But once Mendoza knows what someone's fear is, he can speak to it. So he talks to them about the fact that, like, you know, you might have a little bit of an allergic reaction, maybe, but it won't be any worse than, like, if you had the flu. He hasn't gotten it himself, but he tells them that if he had the chance, he would get it. And I think that goes a long way. Like, when you trust the person who's giving you the information, right, like, that goes a long way. And so the ones that want to get it, he pulls up the questionnaire, he helps them fill it out. Mendoza sometimes has to use his personal email to make an appointment for someone because many of the elderly people he's speaking with don't have an email address. That kind of face-to-face, personal touch can make a difference. We spoke with another outreach worker based in Miami. Her name is Yumeta Benal, and she works with a community outreach group in Miami, going door-to-door in an area with a large elderly population. 
to help people sign up for the vaccine. Yumeta told us that one reason it's hard for people to make appointments on their own is because of how heavily the system relies on the internet. It's difficult because people don't have access to the internet, and a lot of the help is through the internet. They don't speak English, and the appointments are written in English, so it's very hard for them. So what Yumeta does is make appointments for them, almost right then and there. Her outreach group has reserved spots at a local hospital, so Yumeta matches them up. When people ask me if I'm going to get a vaccine appointment, I tell them yes. Yes, I have the appointment right now. So people say, I'm so happy, thank God. Because to some people it has been really difficult. Most have had a very hard time. Most people tell me, I have called everywhere asking, I have asked my children and all. It's very, very hard. So people tell you, thank God. Oh, how great, I can't believe it. People say, I can't believe it. There's one person in particular who Yumeta remembers helping. For example, this man had a heart problem, and he was operated on like three times. And he told me that with all the heart surgeries he had, it's a miracle to be alive and that he doesn't want to die from this virus. So telling me, listen, people really need this vaccine. Otherwise, people die and I don't want to die from this virus. He's one of the people that have left the strongest impact on me. Yumeta says she's helped over 450 elderly people in her community get appointments. And while not having internet access is one of the bigger barriers for Yumeta's community, it can still be really difficult to get an appointment even if you have the internet. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. When his dad became eligible for the COVID vaccine back in January in Texas, Ulysses Burley knew that he was going to be the one to have to make the appointment. My dad has trouble, you know, navigating text messaging. So, <laughs> <laughs> His dad uses a wheelchair and has a number of health problems that he has monthly appointments for. At each appointment, we were asking, when can my father get the vaccine? Do you have vaccines available? Will you give him a call? And from his primary care physician to his kidney specialists, none of them had direct access to a vaccine. The answer was pretty much not yet. 
Ulysses tried to schedule one online, going through major pharmacies that were providing the vaccine. But their websites kept freezing up or just saying that there weren't any available. But then he saw a glimmer of hope when he got an email from the city of Houston. And that email specifically said, today only, if you call this number, you can attempt to schedule a vaccine appointment. So Ulysses and his father's caretaker each got on the phone and dialed the number. They both ended up on hold for hours. I just remember sitting my phone down and leaving it on speaker. And I think at some point I received a phone call that I had to take. And so that meant that I had to discontinue the call that I was on hold for. My dad's caretaker, she was unsuccessful too. So it's kind of one of those things like, let's all try and whoever hits the lottery is, uh, uh, you know, and wins. Winning the lottery, is that how it feels? I can tell you once we get an appointment, but it feels like (laughs) this is what the lottery feels like when you play it. Ulysses isn't just a concerned son. He's also a doctor, and he's on a team of medical experts and community leaders who try to convince people that getting the vaccine is a good idea. You know, I tell people if a vaccine doesn't actually bake into someone's arm, then it's just science on a shelf. Uh, And so we have to actually have equity in the ways in which people are able to access the vaccine. Knowing all of that and, and still struggling to get your dad a vaccine, how does that make you feel? A bit helpless in a sense, uh, because professionally, I educate people on COVID-19 and the vaccines and vaccine development. And I believe information and education is very empowering. People generally have questions for me in terms of how do I get it? Um, I'm having issues with accessing it, which is out of my power. And so it's a very disempowering situation to be in. But you're also, I mean, you are somebody who works in the healthcare field, you're educated on the internet, like you know how to navigate all this stuff and you still aren't able to get an appointment for him. Like that must be extremely frustrating. It has been, it has been. And I can only imagine what the consequences are for people who don't necessarily have the support system my dad has, right? And so there are seniors uh, all over this country who don't necessarily have someone who can navigate the internet for them who don't have someone who can sit on hold all day on a telephone call. And even when they successfully schedule an appointment, who don't have someone who can make sure they get to that appointment. So why can't Ulysses get his dad a vaccine? He says a big problem is where the vaccines are distributed. There's not enough going to hospitals and pharmacies in black and brown communities. The largely urban areas uh, with black and brown people are the places that don't necessarily have the infrastructure to support, for example, an mRNA vaccine that has very specific temperature requirements, that automatically disenfranchises those people. But even when a vaccine site is in a black or brown community, those appointments are open to anyone who can get them. I went to the local historically black college and university, Texas Southern University, which is here in Houston. It's my father's alma mater. I went to get him a sweatshirt. Uh, from his alma mater, there were older white people everywhere. And I couldn't figure out why, because if you're familiar with HBCUs, they're generally located in historically black communities, which Texas Southern is. So it was odd seeing a lot of white people on the campus of an HBCU in the middle of the day. And then I realized that Texas Southern is a vaccine site. Hmm. Uh, And so they were all there to access their vaccine. 
through whatever appointment they have been able to get. And so it shows the situation in some areas in our country where, you know, the places to potentially give access to the people who have been most greatly affected by COVID-19, which have been Black and Latinx and Native and Indigenous people, are the places that have been sought out by white people uh, who probably had to leave their neighborhoods to go somewhere else to access a vaccine that may or may not have been for someone like my dad. Ulysses told me that he didn't take his dad to that vaccine site because he would have had to wait in a long line, which isn't something his dad is able to do. I spoke with Ulysses about two weeks ago. After we talked, he put his father on yet another city waitlist and continued searching for available appointments. And now his father finally has an appointment for this coming Friday. Local and federal governments are trying to speed up the vaccination process. Last week, President Biden announced a series of new actions, including a federal directive that every state make all adults eligible for vaccinations by May 1st. I asked her colleague Daniela what that might mean for older people. As we begin to move on to other eligibility groups, is there a fear that this group of people, these older Black and Latino people might be left behind? In almost every interview I've done for this and other disparity-related stories, I've been told we often feel forgotten. So, yes, 100%. It's naive to think. My sources tell me that once we open up to other groups, that these issues are going to go away. The issue of inequitable access is a problem that precedes the pandemic. And unless we work to fix that, we'll continue. That's all for today, Monday, March 15th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Enrique Perez. Special thanks to Silvina Balderman and Maria Galupo. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.